Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out. What do you got? All right, guys. Imagine going to Vegas. I'm not a big Vegas person and winning over $200,000 but not being notified because the machine had a malfunction. Oh, I'd be pissed. Uh-huh. So it actually happened to somebody. A guy from Arizona went and won over $200,000 in a slot machine in Vegas, but was not notified because of that. So somebody somewhere caught the mistake, and now this guy has to go back to Vegas for his $200,000 winnings. I mean, you know, I would be mad, but he's actually going to get the money. Oh, no, he's still getting the money, then he's fine. Yeah, he's getting the money, but he was like, yo, I had no idea. And, of course, they're investigating why the machine malfunctioned, because it shouldn't, and all these things are obviously regulated. But I'm like, man, imagine getting that phone call and being like, hey, guy, you won 200K. Like, you need to come to Vegas and pick it up. Like, when do I fly out? Please yeah. and thank you. I mean, isn't there for a way sure. for them now? And I definitely am not going like Southwest if I want to. <laughs> right. No. Can't, I'm at least well, getting a nice, you know, no, trip no. Out there. no and no, it's no, on no. their dime. No, no, right. No, no. Listen to me. If you win $200,000 and the machine did not alert you that you won this and they were. They were good enough to contact you because mm-hmm. you mentioned regulations. Right. You fly on the casino's private jet. They send oh, yeah, it yeah. for you. They're picking me up at Van Nuys. Yeah, for right. sure. That's right. Yeah. It could be Hawthorne. It could be Burbank. It doesn't matter. Whatever's most yeah. convenient for you, pal, we'll yeah. come pick it up. You, your yeah. crew. Yeah. 200 that's a, grand. That's a dope phone call, though, to get, right? Would you guys think yeah. that someone's scamming you? I wonder if they'd go to Zamperini Field here in Torrance, like if they'd pick me up there. I mean, it'd be nice. I don't know. There's kind of small planes there. That, I was going to say that's really small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's one of those things where you're sitting at a slot machine. You don't know that you've won. You get up and walk away, and then you're like, okay, well, I lost X number of dollars. Yeah. It's kind of like like buying a lottery ticket and never going back and checking the lottery ticket. Like I, well, I do that no, all the time. It said that there was a malfunction, and that did happen to me. Oh, when really? I was in Vegas last time, um, I was at I always play those old school ones that are just like like the blazing sevens where it's just like the yeah. three and you gotta pull the lever. Yeah. And mine it got stuck. It was like seven, seven, and then it was stuck between another seven and the blank space. And it played the music as if I won the jackpot and mm-hmm. the light started going off as if I won the jackpot. So I was so excited. And then the attendant came over and she was like, Oh no, it just glitched out. Oh, oh, that's not good. What? I oh, hell no. I'm calling an attorney. Uh-huh. And Judge so Judy. Mad. Yeah. Well, Judge Judy will handle it. Now, where was this at Slot So Fun, or was this at, like, some place? It was at MGM. Oh, okay. So it was a big-time joint. Oh, yeah, girl, I would have fought that so, so much. Yeah, I would have fought that. I would have taken a picture, a video, uh-huh. all that stuff. I did take yes. a picture of it, and I went to, like, customer service and everything, and they told me, they're like, well, since it's not lined up, and they're like, oh, it's just a glitch, blah, blah, blah. There's even the, all these guys next to me. They were, like, screaming and yelling. They're like, that's not fair. That's BS. Mm-hmm. Give her the money. Yeah, I would have fought that. By the way, MGM, if you're listening right now, you owe Lindsay. How much do they owe you? Um, It was, like, $1,200. Oh, $1,200? They could have paid that up. Right. They should have paid you to go away. Like here, just One take the twelve hundred. I'm there. telling you, 
Call Judge Judy. I'm not even joking. Dude, you, know? you should. She's right there That's in Hollywood. Longer. She might be filming right now. You know. Dude. So, so who I won was it the though? Next day at a Park MGM, I won on the same one, so it, oh. you know worked out. No, no, no. You still need that money, girl. Yeah, Let's yeah. get you that That's money. That's your money. So who was it though? That what casino was it that was you know they were ethical enough to call this person? And go, oh yeah, hey. Laura. Who was the? Who was oh, the I didn't. I didn't know we wanted to like. Well, I mean, they did the right thing, right? It was Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. Oh, that's oh, interesting. Okay. No, because think about that call. It's like, hey, Steve, um, you were here at TI recently. Yeah, it was. Uh, was that right? I lost a bunch of money. Good news, pal. Um, we actually screwed up, and we owe you two hundred thousand dollars. That yeah, is a amazing. great phone call to get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Still waiting for right, my that, phone call. You should get one. <laughs> that is what you need to know, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resorts. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, all right, real quick. So we were talking about Russ. Yeah. Now, we heard all that sound. Lindsay and Laura did the little uh, you know, mashup there, and, and we've got Russ getting clearly more annoyed as he's being asked the same question for the sixth time. And I don't blame him. By the way, I, he still wasn't, like, mad or even combative. Like, no. he was just annoyed, which I would be annoyed. Wouldn't you be annoyed? Well, I guess if I, were, if, if I were one for ten from the field and I were 0 for three from three-point range and the, and the crowd was booing every time I went to go take a shot and the whole place was going, no, don't shoot. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be annoyed, not just with everything that was going on around me. I'd be annoyed by myself. Like, what the hell's yeah. my problem? I stink. I make $44 million. I'm one for ten from the field. It's a little testy situation, but I thought he handled it well. Do you not think he handled that media session well? I think he handled it really, really well. And I applaud the the people who were there asking the questions, all the different media members. Yeah, because Dan Wojcicki, Bill Orem, Dave McMiniman. I might have missed someone in there, but those guys were the majority of the questions. There. Look, yeah. here's the thing about Russ, and everybody knew this before he joined the Lakers. He's a, what I would call, and tell me if you think this is too much, he's a volatile personality. You buy that? Yeah. Like, he's volatile. Like, in other words, if you get under his skin at a press conference, yeah. who knows what he might say, who knows what he might do, and who knows how viral that behavior goes? Well, he's had a, a number of those instances when he was in Oklahoma City, for sure, when he was younger. I mean, I think as he's gotten older, there's been less of that. But, it, you know, you're right. It, he's had some run-ins with the media, But for sure. the media knows this. They know this about him. They know it before he gets to the Lakers, obviously. And he's just one of these guys who makes so much money and has performed so not even close to the amount of money that he makes that the media is, is poking at him, constantly poking at him. In fact, where he gets really annoyed, George, was when he's like, hey, so when I'm really bad, you guys are all over me, but when I'm good and I'm knocking down shots, nobody says a word to me. Like, that was the part that really caught my ear. Yeah. So they know that he's volatile and that they're all trying to push his buttons. I think literally trying to push his buttons. I don't buttons. know if they're trying to push his buttons. I think they're just trying to get a be uh, to see if they get a different answer. And I think that by the – you know, sometimes when you've heard the same – you're getting the same answer like three or four times in a row. And we've seen this throughout sports, right? Like I specifically remember Rasheed Wallace, right? Remember? Both teams played hard, man. Both teams played hard, man. Both teams played hard, man. You know, like sometimes that's just what you're going to get, you know? Well, I mean, remember when Marshawn Lynch would come to press conferences and they'd ask him yeah. games. This is after games. They'd be standing in his locker. They'd ask him, and he'd go, yeah. And then they'd ask him another question. He'd go, yeah. Hey, that, or the, that, I'm just here not to get fined. Right, right. That's right. And so there are certain personalities that the media has struggled with that they're trying to dig something out from this guy. And they're all looking at Russ and they're going, dude, you 
stink. And you make a fortune, and the Lakers are sub-500, and we're all focusing in on you. And you know what I thought he did really well, George? Is he constantly came back to, it's all about winning. Yeah, no, and that's the right message. He's right. That's what needs to be the right message. It's what I've said. Remember weeks ago when I'm sitting here telling you he needs to – he's talking about sacrifice. He needs to be the guy to make the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, I don't know if he's willing I, – I think he's willing to do it. I don't. I just don't know if he's, like, capable. You know, mm-hmm. like, just – his game is predicated on a specific, like, rhythm and volume, and, and it's just I, – I just don't know if that's going to work here. I mean, well, clearly you know I don't think it's going to work because after eight games in the season when everyone was calling me an un- alarmist – I came on the show and I started off by saying I've made a huge mistake. Um, yeah, and it's it's that. So I, l- let me let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Now, you know, it, we are not alone on this. Clearly, a lot of people feel this way. But it's one thing for us to say it, for fans to say it, for the media to say it, whatever. But you know, Kendrick Perkins, our pal, who works at ESPN, is a former teammate of Russell Westbrook for several years, mm-hmm. and had this to say today on NBA Today. Russell Westbrook looks broken. And when I say that, I never see I never seen him lack this much confidence as a, as as a player. Forget the shooting. His spirit is just not there. And I'm not trying to talk down on him, but he don't have his swag no more. And so here's the thing. Russell Westbrook got to figure it out himself. Frank Vogel did the right thing. He was not playing well. He did the right thing. We're rolling with the lineup. He rolled with no T. And I just think Russ has to get back to not overthinking things, playing his game. But at the end of the day, he has to make sure he does his job to earn the trust of his coaching staff and his teammates. Um, He's right. He does look broken, yep. right? Yeah. Look, I think that – if we were to backtrack, if we rewound the tape and we went back to when Russ first joined the Lakers, half the people were like, I don't know if this personality slash his game is going to work. And the other half were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. He's home now and he's going to be the third part of a Laker big three. There definitely was a lot of debate about which way this would go. And when you look at Russ's career overall, it's kind of like Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Hall of Fame caliber statistics, nothing to show for it. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think those two are on the same level. Well, in the let same. me ask you a question. I mean, Matthew Stafford played on, for a garbage franchise. Right, Russell Westbrook's played on really good teams. Has he won any championships? No, but, I mean, that's too easy to make. That's I'm just making the point a, that, that he, he was – all I'm saying is this. He had a lot of great numbers. People respected him because he could put up stats. He, You know, the all-time greatest triple-double guy of all time. Okay, great. I mean, he was in the finals, though. Like, it, okay, it's one. a little different. He played on good teams. You okay, know? well, but but he's not. He, listen, LeBron James is a championship personality, mm-hmm. and because he's got a championship personality, everybody wants to rise to the occasion for LeBron. Or hey, look, here's an example: Aaron Donald. You know, you, you see Aaron Donald on the sideline. He's generally a quiet guy. But Vaughn Miller has pulled this out of him. Hey, dudes want to play for you, man. Say something. And he did yeah. at the most important time. Russell Westbrook doesn't have that. He has gain, he's got great hops. He's had great statistics. He hasn't been a championship caliber player, although he's been to a finals. He hasn't he doesn't elevate people. You know? And and so listen, again, LeBron got it wrong. AD got it wrong. 
Russ got it wrong. Palinka got it wrong. Everybody who thought that this was going to work got it wrong thus far. Uh, all right. Well, is Ryan Clark wrong? A man I have a great deal of respect for is, about Matthew Stafford. Are you, Scott Kaplan, wrong about Matthew Stafford? Someone I have an average amount of respect for. Um, we will ask our friend Mina Kimes, who will join us next from NFL Live. Uh, she will stop by. We will talk Rams with her. And, of course, you can catch her on the Rams preseason broadcast every year. Uh, so she's going to hang out with us, and she'll be joining us in about three minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. By the way, did you see Pitbull was at the NASCAR event? This song is not Pitbull, but it reminded me of that. I of the did see that Pitbull, and I saw Ice Cube. Ice Cube, too, yeah. And, and Performing. Cube. Cube was tearing it up, and I thought to myself, now this is interesting. You have people, I assume, are NASCAR, Bush Series fans, or maybe it was just people that are like, hey, this is kind of cool. It's like auto racing around a football field at the Coliseum because it looked great on TV. Not that I sat there and watched it. I'm just talking about on social media. The video looked really cool, but I was like, look at all these people dancing to Cube, and Cube out there rocking the house for a NASCAR event. Cube and a Cuban, yes. How about that? Yeah. Both out there. You know, my son called me uh, from college, and he said, Dad, you know, he said, uh, my best buddy is this guy. He's this Cuban guy. His name's Francisco. And I said, that's cool. He goes, it's kind of like you and Sedano. It's it's me and Francisco. I'm like, oh. yeah, kind of. Kind of like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Listen, if you're NASCAR and you want to try to get people to, you know, figure it out a little bit and maybe watch you go in circles, uh, you know, I you can do worse than Ice Cube and Pitbull is what I would say. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk to Mina Kimes here. <laughs> Oh, wow. We haven't heard that in a long time. Uh, Laura found that in the archives from the old Mike Pearson days. Uh, Mina Kimes, <laughs> check, check her out on NFL Live and, of, of course, across our family of networks, especially this week, but throughout the football season uh, on ESPN television. Uh, Mina, do you think, like, if you're Na- before we get to the football stuff, if you're NASCAR, I mean, throwing out Ice Cube and Pitbull, like, you're trying at least and considering, the, you know, they had a rough year last year. I mean, the trying part at least – I will acknowledge and, and give them a little credit. Yeah, uh, this is the first I'm hearing of this. I'll be honest. So maybe that means it, it wasn't enough. But oh, uh, well, there you go. There you it's, go. Uh, it, yeah, but you know, I I don't follow NASCAR. I'm not going to lie to your listeners. So I, I'm certainly not the target audience for that. No, no, but uh, neither am I. But no I'm like. I saw it on social media, and I'm like, oh, they're trying with Pitbull and Ice Cube. They're here in L.A. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll say this. Whoever came up with the idea of, hey, let's put an auto race in the Coliseum around the football field, whoever's idea it was, 
great idea. The fact that you actually got it to execute to this point, that was really cool. So I didn't sit around watching the race, but I will say it did look cool. Yeah, I wonder what Lincoln Riley thinks about them uh, messing with that field, although there's still a long ways to go uh, when it comes to Lincoln Riley still. Uh, All right, Mina. So uh, let me uh, have the Ryan Clark sound ready uh, for Mina because I want to play this for her. So we were talking. Oh, oh, yeah. See, you even know what I'm talking about. So I have uh, been a uh, staunch defender of one Matthew Stafford, even more so perhaps than uh, Mrs. Stafford, Kelly. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, I've come close. She's pretty out. She's pretty yeah, pretty like a crazy, there, so, Sedano. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, I have been – I feel like I'm part of the Stafford family now <laughs> because of how much I have defended Matthew Stafford and his upon his arrival here in Los Angeles. Um, so, Kaplan – you know, Kaplan, to his credit, when Matthew came on with us, you know, at the beginning of the season, he gave him the riot act. Tell, him what, tell her what you told him, Kaplan. Mina, all I said to Matthew Stafford was this. Look – when Tom Brady walks into the, to the locker room in Tampa Bay, every player says, Tom, tell us what to do. We'll follow. When Matthew Stafford walks into the Rams locker room, he's being hailed as some hero, but the fact is he doesn't have the winning formula yet. And, you know, he was a little bit, he didn't love the, the way I phrased it, but and that's just the reality of the situation. Great player on a bad franchise, put up Hall of Fame caliber statistics, but didn't win anything. And here we are now. He's gotten his hometown team to the Super Bowl in his hometown. That's all. Right. I mean, was he, I out of he, line? He, well, go ahead. You can answer that part, I guess. Well, I think you uh, provided a good case study for why the concept of a winning formula is nonsense and wins are not a quarterback stat. Um, and because Matt Stafford uh, came to Los Angeles and, and showed that um, individual talent and performance can be separated from context and clearly has elevated this football team and justified the trade with his performance. Uh, and, and by the way, I say that, and I mean it, even if they don't win. I, when I watch him, it's very obvious what he's brought to this offense that Jared Goff didn't, and in my mind, it was already it's already been a success. Okay, perfect. Now you've set up. So Ryan Clark was on, I guess, get up this morning and was asked if they lose. And look, I, I will say this on the front end. You know this, uh, but I will repeat this for the audience because a new audience every, you know, so often. I have a great deal of amount of respect for Ryan Clark, whereas with Kaplan, I have about an average amount of respect. I mean, come but on. No, really? But, come but, on. But, but nonetheless, um, even reasonable people can disagree. So play what Ryan Clark said when he was asked about if they lost the Super Bowl, the Rams, that is. Go ahead, Laura. That means they're right where they were with Jared Goff. That means that even going all in, going out and getting this super talented quarterback, you didn't take that one notch up or level up that one notch that you thought you could with Matthew Stafford. And it will make you question where you are as a team for the Los Angeles Rams. If we couldn't do it going all in, if we couldn't do it getting the Cincinnati Bengals, can we ever do it? And if we can never do it, was it worth it? All right, so my immediate response to Ryan Clark, who I certainly have a great amount of respect for, okay, uh, was that is poppycock, all right, Mina Kimes, that is nonsense, garbaggio, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's silly to me, but go, what, do you, what do you make of what our friend Ryan Clark had to say? Well, you know, obviously I, I disagree since I said the trade is already a success. I, yes. I also um, disagree with sort of the notion, uh, which is something that we talked about a little bit on NFL Live today, and you hear uh, a lot, that this is it for the Rams. This is their shot. 
they are all in this year, which is true. Um, and after this, Kablooey. Well, not really. Like, if you look at the roster, yes, Vaughn Miller, OBJ, free agents, and there's some other players scattered throughout. But for the most part, the roster will largely be intact. And I'll start here. They're still going to be my picks to win the NFC West next year, even if Von Miller and OBJ aren't on this football team. Now, that said, it's very hard to get to a Super Bowl. So uh, it's going to be a tremendous disappointment. It's going to be more likely than not that you won't get back. But that applies to the Bengals, too. I mean, everyone's kind of talking about this Bengals team like this is the beginning of a dynasty and they're playing with house money. No, it's not. Like, I mean, they'll be good for a long time because they got a young core and all that, but you, so many things have to go right to get to a Super Bowl that any team that makes it should not count on making it back next season. That was my point about Stafford, is that you, you got here, everything had to go right. Thus far, frankly, it has, because just to get to the Super Bowl in your hometown, in your home stadium, is an incredible accomplishment. But this isn't me saying he's got to win the Super Bowl. This is him saying he's got to win the Super Bowl. And if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, I think Ryan Clark's point is that people will look at it and say, yes, they were a better team this year than they were when they played in the Super Bowl last time. But if the result is the same, then they didn't get any further ahead. I, I, I think that's actually a fair comment to make. Well, then every team that doesn't make it to the Super Bowl is a failure. I mean, I, I, which, by the way, you know, it is that is the sport. One team wins. Uh, but I think the concept of like Super Bowl or bus is kind of, I just don't agree with it just because, um, you know, most teams don't make it to the Super Bowl. And I also think, like I said, the idea that next year they're going to be a bad team, they're going to be a good team next year too. So I think people look at the lack of draft picks, but they've been able to find some talent in the later rounds and develop certain players internally. Um, you know, your Greg Gaines of the world, for example, you got guys like Kendall Blanton making key catches right. last week. Uh, so I, I just don't think this Rams team is set up to go off a cliff the way some t- people have portrayed it to be. I agree with you. I do. I agree with George. I just want to say, but mean, I agree with you. But don't you think this is unique? This is a very unique situation because the Rams are playing in their home stadium. This is different. You're looking at it, Kaplan, really? from like building a fr- like a fan base perspective. Is I'm, the way I'm, you're, I, you're you're right. I look at this as a as a fan base part because we saw the Niner fans take over the stadium twice. And I look at it as a business, from a business perspective of owning the, the marketplace. As Kevin Demoff said, uh, elevating to the, the Laker-Dodger level. This is a unique moment in time where you have the Super Bowl in your home stadium against an organization that has been traditionally one of the worst organizations in football. Not the same team, obviously. Yeah, and I'll say that, you have a point there, which is this might be their best chance. Even if the team comes back, even if they're good next year, even if they develop uh, talent internally, uh, the Bengals will probably be one of the weaker opponents in the Super Bowl, frankly. And, and so there is an, an extraordinary opportunity here to capitalize on that. Mina Kimes with us here, of course. Check out the Mina Kimes show with Lenny. is her podcast, a great football podcast. Her Shout dog out, Lenny. is the star. Yeah, she is the co-host of the <laughs> podcast. The dog is clearly the star. Uh, the dog was very upset on her Instagram yesterday because he didn't believe there was football, although I wouldn't call the Pro Bowl football, but nonetheless oh, there was the senior bowl. football. Yeah. Oh, well, there was the Senior Bowl as well. God, I there missed was that, that one too. Well. That was sort of football, I guess. That's, I'll give you that. Uh, but just to wrap up on the golf stuff, and this is just my last position on it, we, we, we just move on real quick. I mean, guys, they lost the divisional round, and they didn't make the playoffs two years ago with golf. All right? Like, enough with that. Yeah. All right. Now, now, Joe Burrow, 
Uh, why should Rams fans have a healthy fear for Joe Burrow, Mina? Well, I keep saying um, Joe Burrow is a bucket, and what I mean by that is he's a guy who will use his arm or his legs to pick up a third and long in a disadvantageous situation, and that's not a quality that every NFL quarterback has. He is a quarterback that team that his team wins because of, not with. I would argue Matt Stafford has the same thing, um, and it's part of what makes him so hard to defend. I mean, he's already, you know, just in his second year in the NFL, I think one of the more elite pocket managers in football is what I loved about him as a college prospect, and it certainly held true uh, this year in the postseason. It, you see it, uh, I think, on display, particularly with how elusive he is. Uh, that's going to be tremendously important for the Rams' front to stop, especially because I imagine they're, A, not going to blitz that much, but also – uh, they're going to be devoting more resources to coverage to stop Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And so you got to bring Joe Burrow down, and that's easier said than done. Uh, so I think, you know, there's a reason why there's so much hype around him right now, and he's definitely going to be a challenging matchup for a very talented Rams front seven. Right. See, I kind of wish – yeah, I kind of wish Aqib Talib was still on this team. He could snatch the chain from him. You know, like uh, you know, that's, that was his thing. You know, but that's so. it. They got to get after the the Rams defensive front. When you look back on film a couple weeks ago, when the Bengals gave up nine sacks in a game, you're the Rams defensive yeah. front, and you go, "We're better than those guys." So let's sack them ten yeah. times and let's go win the game with our defense. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest mismatch in this game is the Rams defensive front and the Bengals offensive line, which is horrible. That said, uh, the Bengals had a very conservative game plan last week. A lot of you know running the ball, quick passes, and I wouldn't be surprised if they take a similar approach um, going after the Rams' weakness, which is I would say linebacker coverage. Um, you know, a, lot of, a lot you expect a lot of screens and quick outs, and um, you know the Bengals trying to kind of methodically work their way up and down the field just to negate the presence of. Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Mina Kimes, check her out on NFL Live across all the family of networks uh, all the time during the NFL season and in general. Uh, but she will be front and center uh, over this next week or so. Check her out there. Check out the podcast, The Mina Kimes Show with Lenny. Mina, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye, guys. Later, Mina. Tell Lenny I said what's up. Coming up next, uh, Radio Tinder, everyone's favorite segment here in the 5 o'clock hour each and every day at 5.30. It will probably be closer to 5.33 today. We're back in four minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
I love how mad Laura gets when I talk over Christopher sometimes. Um, yeah. I did that on purpose, by the way. We should update that. Lindsay's been with us for a long time now. Right. She's part I mean, of this family. All right. Yeah, so. the whole Mason and Ireland back in the day thing. It's yeah, that, that's lots, a long time ago now. That's like another change. life at this point. Right. Yes. It really Let's was. Go, Chris. Like, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Yeah, exactly. It was just all a dream. Yeah, it was all a dream. Yeah. I used to read Word Up magazine. Yeah, the Word Up magazine. Salt and do you know that? Do, do you know that? The do, you know that do you know yeah. the reference? The um the the part that you said no, it was oh, all a man. dream. I did, but the part that you said, what did you say about it? Some magazine. I used to read Word Up magazine. I used to Word Up magazine. I love this. Uh, salt, that. pepper, and heavy D up in the limousine. Word up. Clearly, no. you don't know. No, you don't. You don't know no, that. you just did no. a cameo. Like <laughs> that's cameo. It is. <laughs> yeah. Word up. Word up. Uh. Is no he hell and word up. Oh no, we're I was we were singing Biggie, bro. That was oh. so bad. That was so awesome. <laughs> that was so money. Oh my gosh. Okay, oh, well you thank know. Thank you again who, who for Mina Kimes for joining us there. If you miss Mina, uh, you can always listen to it on the podcast. She was great, um, and she agrees with me, which makes her even more great. But anyway. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm. Hey, you have Ryan Clark on your side. So That's that. right. It's me and Ryan Clark against you and Mina. Yeah. Uh, all right, Linz, what do you got? Go ahead. All right, so like I was saying, speaking of who is great, the biggest question since Tom Brady retired is what he's going to do with himself in his free time. Oh. And everyone has an opinion, but Eli Manning, who's also obviously a retired quarterback, thinks that he knows what Brady won't be doing. So okay. TMZ Sports caught up with Manning recently and asked him how he thought Brady would do as a broadcaster. No. And Eli said, he's not going into broadcasting. He's too good. So I don't know what he meant by that. Like he's too good of a quarterback to be a broadcaster or if he's just too good at broadcasting to even try it. But do you guys think that Tom Brady would ever consider broadcasting? And if so, would he be any good? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Uh, I would swipe left. I don't think he would be all that good. I also don't think he'd be all that interested. I feel like Tom Brady looks at himself as like eventually what Peyton Manning wants to be, right? M Manning is Manning is doing the broadcasting thing only like because he gets to do it with his brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, had he, they've tried every other which way to get him to do it traditionally, and, and it didn't work. The only way to get him to do it was with Eli, uh, which has been cool. So and it's um, like fun. It, it's not like buttoned no, up broadcasting. Right. Yeah, they're having a lot of fun, and I think he wants. You know, he clearly wants to be an owner. He said as much. Maybe Brady does that. Maybe Brady, you know, gets into the. Full-time into TB12. Look at Kobe. Like, Kobe didn't really have a ton of basketball ties post-retirement. Um, and, you know, he had some still, obviously, but not not, a, not as many uh, as maybe we would have thought initially. So, you know, and then he went and won an Oscar, for God's sake. So who knows with Brady? He's he probably got bigger aspirations. I'm going to swipe left also. I do think this. If Brady wanted to get into TV, I think he'd be fine. You know, I'm not telling you that he's going to be awesome, like he's going to walk through the booth. Everybody thinks Tony Romo is so great. I'm not saying he's going to be that, but as good-looking as he is and as accomplished as he is, I think he'd be fine. There have been plenty of quarterbacks that had Hall of Fame careers, guys like Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, who tried their hand at TV, and it just didn't work. Certain yeah. guys, this is what I think Eli Manning means, he's too good, meaning he's too good for it. Michael Jordan didn't become a broadcaster. LeBron James is not likely going to become a broadcaster. Magic has dipped his toe in and out of it. But I don't think Brady's going to be doing that. Um, I think Brady's going to live for a little while, like live with his family, like actually be around. And I don't see him getting into TV broadcasting. But I do see him maybe producing stuff. You mentioned Kobe. I mean, just look at this man in the arena. I haven't seen it yet, George. Have you watched this at all? 
Not a one second. Nope. Yeah, me neither. But uh, people who watch it tell me it's incredible. Yeah, and your son likes it. My son told me it changed his Does life. Does he watch it with Francisco? I don't know if he's watching it with Francisco, but I'm sure he would have told his yeah. Cubano hermano, hey, yeah. you need to watch this. It'll change your life. <laughs> Come on, that's very cute that my son calls me and says, Dad, my best pal on the football team's name is Francisco, and he is S. de Cuba, and it's just yeah. like you and Sedano. That's yeah, cute. there you go. I do think it's funny. Like I say, I bring it up. I kid because I care is yeah, the way I cute. would describe it. Uh, you know all right, what I think? I think yeah. uh, Tom Brady might be gunning for your job, Cap, so watch out. Oh, there you go. Sedano and Brady. No way, man. No way. Because every time Sedano starts yelling about stuff, Brady's going to just break out the seven Super Bowl rings and go, you don't know what you're talking about, kid. I know everything. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I know Brady say, definitely uh, would not want to be seen on Radio Row, that's for sure. For sure. Good Lord. There we'd agree on something, though, mm. Brady and I. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. So we're going to head to the Am I the A-Hole Reddit thread where a dad went to extreme lengths to teach his daughter a lesson about leaving her bike in her car. The dad okay. said he constantly warned his daughter to stop leaving her bike in the car because someone could easily break in and steal it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one morning she woke up to find her trunk open and her bike was gone. Mm -hmm. And just as her dad warned, so she called to file a police report. Well, it turns out that dad was actually the one who took the bike and hit it to prove a point. And after telling her the truth, she has not talked to him for over two weeks. Oh, my. Is the dad the a-hole? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe left and say dad is not the a-hole. Daughter is the a-hole. And here's why. It's very easy to steal things out of people's cars. And certain bikes are really expensive. And if you're a thief... And you're looking at somebody's car, you're like, ooh, expensive bike in that car. I'm going to steal that bike. And then what happens is your window's broken, they broke in, they stole your bike, and you got all kinds of trouble afterwards. Take the bike out of the car. Stop being so lazy. I'm about to teach you a lesson. And, you know, now she won't talk to the dad. So he, dad's got a lesson to learn, too. But I'm, I'm on the side of the dad here. Uh, I am too. Swipe left. I, I am okay with teaching a lesson. Like, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I, I've had that done to me uh, over the years. I turned out okay. And I've also done it with my kids already. Uh, you know, I've done things where it's like, hey, where is this thing? And then they freak out for a second. I'm like, okay, it's here. I put it here where it's supposed to be. And they're like, oh, yeah. Right? And instead of scrambling around the house looking for where they thought they left it. So I, I don't have an issue with it. Swipe left. My, my dad, I think it was more so my dad, but when I was younger, my, my dad, I'm pretty sure he took my bike because I kept leaving it out in the front yard. And he took it, and my grandparents lived around the corner. And he kept it there for like two weeks to make me think that somebody stole my bike. And then he finally brought it home and was just like, oh, I went to the police station, and it turns out they had your bike. But then I found out like years later that it was just in my grandma's garage. Yeah. So, Don't you hate when yeah. parents do that stuff, though? Like, I remember yes. when I was a kid, I had like a little puppy and they, uh, you know, they th I thought the puppy ran away. It turned out the puppy did kind of sort of run away, but went into the street and unfortunately got run over. Oh, oh, my gosh. That took a very dark oh. turn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, the puppy okay? I was like seven years old, but I did not learn that until I was like a teenager. So he wasn't OK. He didn't make it out OK. No, that situation did not make it out OK. But oh, I did end up with another really dog sad. after the fact. But yeah, the uh, the dog escaped. Um, oh I guess gosh, someone left the door really open sad. or something, you know, I mean, this is back in like 19, I don't know, 87 or something like that. So maybe 88, six. I'm going to be sad about it all day now, though. It's okay. The puppy, you know, all dogs go to heaven. So <laughs> all of you them know. do. Feel Even sad. the bad they ones. Do. 
They do. There's no bad dogs. Only bad people who uh, that's true. Who teach dogs bad things. Oh. Yep, I'm that's a big right. Believer in that. All right, last one here. So Kevin Durant, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he's going after Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I did see that. Called yeah. him Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so after Stephen A. said on NBA Countdown that if Durant fails to deliver a championship with the Nets while the Warriors win without him, he's eventually going to be known more for leaving Golden State than anything else. And so then Durant went on Twitter and he said, Steve, since you decided to use ESPN to push your personal agendas, I'm sure your minions will run this story for you. But if you believe this is what my career is defined by, then you're just a flat-out hater. It's going to be hard for you to box the god in. Oh, my uh, God. I saw it this. It didn't stop there because Katie's mom also weighed in on Twitter. She said, you at it again with your limited thinking, negative narrative baiting comments. When will you show up better? More importantly, when will we grow tired of this foolishness? Apparently, they don't know how TV works. But do you think that Kevin Durant is actually truly bothered by what Stephen A. said about him? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? I'm going to swipe right. I don't think that he wouldn't have responded if, if he wasn't bothered by it. Like, to that degree is what I would say. Um, and I would also add that, well, I would not agree with that. That's not how I would view Kevin Durant. To All Stephen A. was saying, and, and he's, he's right, is that there will be a decent number of people who will think that it wasn't he I don't even think he said he felt that way he just says I know how this works and I know how social media works and the media works and there's going to be a there that out there and you know KD's thinking that Stephen A is doing three-dimensional chess by basically saying that that you know and that's how he actually feels no I I I take Stephen A at his word listen I have no reason to doubt Stephen A and you can sit here and say oh you're just defending your colleague here's what I'll tell you about Stephen A Smith okay Stephen A Smith a couple years ago this is how he is, all right? He's not afraid of Kevin Durant or any of these guys. Stephen A. Smith said something about John Wall a couple years ago that he said something to the effect that he was being, you know, he was out of shape to start the season or not playing well to start the season because he'd been out at this one particular place in Washington, D.C. all the time. Like, he was out way too late and whatnot. And then John Wall took a swipe at him. Stephen A. Smith took a flight and showed up to D.C. the next day for practice and, like, stood there and, like, was, like, waiting for John Wall to approach him because he had said that he would say something to him. So, like... I, when Stephen A. says something, like I just believe him. Like it's just that's who he is. I've known him too long to know any different. Well, how about how about Kevin Durant calling himself the God? I mean, that part was also a little excessive. Hey, but I love it. Hey, I love hey it. bro, <laughs> you're like a, you're a basketball player. You're a human being. There's nothing so special other than you're really tall and you can handle the ball and you can shoot it well. And you know that's your skill. That's what you're good at. The God. Really? Like, like I'm annoyed by Kevin Durant, and when he says, when he calls himself the God, oh my God, I can't even stand the guy anymore. I'm on the Stephen A. side on this one. And I think he's actually right, that people will look at Kevin Durant and they'll go, yeah, he joined, he joined Golden State and he won a championship, but he could never do it on his own, and they stacked that roster for him. I agree with Stephen A. That's not what he said, though. He just said that other people would feel that way. And well, you're one of those people. As he I am one of those about. people. That's right. Okay, That's right. there you go. All right, what's, uh, well, we're done. We only did, like, did we do three? Yeah, we did three. I also okay, want to say really quick, I think that Kevin Durant called himself the god in the same light as, like, when you take a swipe at the king, you best not miss. Like, he doesn't really. Yeah, I, I don't think he meant it literally. Yes, I would agree. Yes. I, I mean, I, I kind of roll my eyes at it, funny. but I, yeah, yeah, I don't, think, great. I don't think he meant it literally. All I'm right. going to start doing that. Scott Kaplan, the God. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, man! Next time, you, next DA. time any of these listeners take a swipe at me, 
be like, yo, you guys don't get what the God is all about. All right. Coming up next. <laughs> uh, LeBron had some interesting trade deadline uh, chatter today with the media. And Key has some insight on OBJ's future with the Rams. We'll get to all that coming up here in the next couple segments. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs> I love Chris Rock. I love his stand-up. I, he's just tremendous to me. I, I think that he's a good actor too, don't get me wrong, but his stand-up is just next level good, you know? Yeah, I mean, you go you back into about- the archives. He's got some really great ones. Although the one that he did most recently, a couple, I think it was like two years ago on Netflix, and they just re-released it with some other stuff in it. I, and I'm a huge Chris Rock fan. I was like, uh, I didn't love this one as much. Did you see that one, the most recent one? I didn't, but I remember his uh, No Sex in the Champagne Room song. Oh, my God. How do you guys feel about that? I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's great. It's hilarious. I mean, he's um, got some classics, things that we absolutely cannot discuss on radio this afternoon, right. but yeah. he got some classics. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also, I love uh, pork rinds. So let me explain <laughs> something to you about pork rinds. Now, the stuff you can buy at the grocery store and the packages that are processed or whatever, that's not real pork rinds, okay? What you got to do is go to like a, like, you know. Carniceria. A butcher, mm-hmm. right? Yes, carniceria, mm-hmm. like Laura said in my, I think in my ear. No. Um, car- carniceria, a butcher, or, you know, even like a restaurant. Like my friends um, at uh, Tropicana and Downey, they mm-hmm. sell, um, they sell uh, chicharrones, right? Like they sell uh, pork rinds at like cut fresh, right? With the, with the hard, uh, you know, uh, like like skin or whatever onto the rind like it it is made fresh from like a real pork uh you know a real pig like that's the stuff you need to eat and then they it's a huge thing it looks like i mean god it looks like one (laughs) sort of except like a rind which is thinner but like the size of like one of those turkey legs that you get at like disneyland or whatever but uh it it, it, you can chop it up obviously and and many people can eat it but yes that stuff if you get the real stuff loud am i lying you get the real stuff oh no that stuff is delicious yes i I was like i was trying to find a picture for kaplan because i'm like he might not know what they look like i mean yeah i mean the hebrew brother is into bacon he's into sausage he has become a ham fan compliments of the honey baked ham i mean i i could sit there and pick at that thing all day long but a pork is it rind or garind? No, rind. Rind. R-I-N-D. Okay, I don't really know what that is. It's like the rind of like a watermelon, you know? It's like the, that's... Yeah, it's thing. like the skin and like the fat. So it's almost like a pork belly-ish kind of thing with like hard skin attached to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they, you know. It sounds like, really, really gross the way you're describing it. but No, I'll it's, it's delicious. delicious. Yeah, but it, it is just delicious. sounds gross. All right, yeah. here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Whenever we congregate again, whenever that is, 
I will bring some from Tropicana. I will have them, uh, you know, cut some up for me, mm-hmm. and I will bring some, and then we can try it. And you can try real pork rinds. No, you know, not the uh, the stuff you get from Mission or Guerrero or uh, you know Bacon Eats or all that stuff you can get at uh, you know at the grocery store. Even honestly, even because all that stuff is processed, it's like no different than like a potato chip, basically, um, except pork and a rind. But yeah, you got to get the real stuff, like from a real, like live, well, not live, but cooked pork. <laughs> I don't know the notion of like the pig's skin. Oh, it's delicious! It's yeah. the it's so good, it's so delicious. Kind of grosses me out. Don't to you hear eat about chicken it? skin when you when you when you eat roasted chicken or fried chicken? Um. Kind of, sort of, sometimes. Yes, like, like yes, you I, do. Yeah, but like usually, I would be like the kind of person that would take the skin off. You know, wait I'm a doing, second. Like, when wings. you eat a chicken wing, no, no, from that's a, a different deal. Oh, that's different. That's still skin, bro. I understand. No, I got it. I got it. But the the pork skin, you know, you got to understand, George. When you grew up in a kosher house where there was the separation of like dairy versus meats. Oh, I get all that. Like yeah. I mean, if you have, uh, you know, religious objections to it, I got no problem. I don't but- have religious objections. I just have like built-in sort of uh, you know, like uh, programming from when I was a kid. You know, so the notion of the pig's skin, mm-hmm. it just sounds gross, but I'm sure I'd eat it and it would be like, "Wow, this is delicious." But right. I shouldn't be eating this. Should I, rabbi? And then he'd be like, "No, don't eat that." Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's also not great for the old ticker either. I mean, you can't have it very regularly, but it's delicious. Laura, mm-hmm. can you confirm? 100%. Love it. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll give it a yeah. try. Yeah. It's keto, too. So, Sedano can bring the Tropicana one because mm-hmm. it's it's done a little bit different. And then I can go to like a Mexican store, like Carniceria, and I'll bring you because the ones that we get have like meat. They're meaty and oh, so good. I will yeah, see. Yeah, they got a little meat to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's all just skin and fat. Like, there's a little meat to no, it. No, but sure. that's good, too. The skin and fat, le pones, you know, some good salsa, and you're good. I'm going to yeah. see your pork rind, and I'm going to raise you a gefilte fish. No, I'm good, bro. No, I'm good, man. What do you mean you're good, good, bro? What do you mean? Come on. I've already had gefilte fish, though. I already know what it tastes like. I know, but I'm trying pork rind. You guys should, you know, maybe... But I don't have to try something I've already tried before. All right, how about a little pickled herring? Have you had pickled herring? I have bad pickled herring. Oh, horrible. Disgusting. How about chopped liver? I don't like pickled anything. Have you had chopped liver ever? Uh, No, I've never had it, nor do I plan on uh, having liver. Well, I mean, that's the same thing, though. It's like a pork rind. I've not had it, but I'll try it. All right. Well, listen, we got to go because Laura says we got to go. So how about that? All right, coming up next on the other side, uh, we didn't get to uh, LeBron's uh, interesting take about the trade deadline, and he has some insight to OBJ's future with the Rams. All that coming up next.